Hello and welcome to this week's Parenting with Play podcast. I'm so pleased you're here. And this week we have the gorgeous Callie Brown with me to talk about how connecting with yourself whilst parenting young children, because it's really hard when we want to just give, give, give to our children. They're really demanding. They take up so much of our time and effort. And sometimes we get ourselves, we lose ourselves in the process. So Callie has two kids and she lives with her husband on um, up near Byron Bay. And she's very intentional about living in harmony with nature, with spaciousness and whole being nourishment. She spent 20 years as a professional actor and loves loves helping people. I really recommend that you follow Callie on Facebook. She does these beautiful daily dives. Callie Clarity Sessions is fantastic. Um, And Callie knows you can feel supercharged, aligned and resonant in your own skin by simply becoming aware of your natural nature and being articulate in your inner knowing so that you and your life can feel really good. So Callie, welcome. I'm so thrilled to have you here. Thank and you. Let's, oh, my pleasure. Let's dive in to how we can connect with ourselves whilst parenting young children. Because as I said in the intro, it can be so challenging, can't it? I mean, you've got two young kids. I, my kids were spaced out a bit more, but still they can be, just become very, very consu- all-consuming. And we can lose ourselves in motherhood. So take it away. Absolutely. Um, Firstly, I want to say that motherhood, I think the word is matrescence. Is that how I say it? There's a word um, of coming into motherhood and actually embracing that we are changed. Like adolescence, but now for matrescence. Yes, absolutely. Thank you. Um, And I think this is the one piece we focus so much with books and courses and preparations for pregnancy and birth and then giving birth. And then on the other side of that, it's sort of like, now what? (laughs) And we're kind of sent home or, or we've been at home, you know, with this new creature And we're new creatures. We are completely changed by the process of birth. And so I really, when we're talking about connecting to ourselves when caring for young children, I think the number one place is to connect to ourselves as a brand new being and birthing ourselves into the world now as mothers um, and finding ways in which we can connect to ourselves as this new changed being. Which is really hard. Absolutely. And, and, you know, I obviously now work with parents. I mean, I've gone through the whole thing myself and now work with new parents. And it's really hard when we've come from a place of probably full-time work, being in control, being able to organize our lives to suddenly, oh my God, (laughs) what is happening? And then there's often a strong need to try and control what's happening, you know, within birth. And sometimes that's, that hasn't gone that way, but also with our young babies thinking, right, well, I need to follow these routines and then my baby is going to be a certain way. And totally. And we I also think, rapidly realise that that's not the case. Absolutely, and I think also that there is a collective—I um, call it a narrative—a collective narrative about mothering, where um, it society, like the words you used before, with lo- we lose ourselves, um, just a stay-at-home mum in quotation marks. All mm. of these comments, which are thrown around just really easily and haphazardly, but actually what they offer is this energy of now that I'm a mother, I'm, um, I don't know who I am. I need to be, uh, I'm separate from myself and I'm now this giving, um, what, what's that word? Uh, oh gosh. Um, when you give too much of yourself and not enough, take enough for yourself. Um, depleted. No, no, it's not depleted. Um, 
uh, a martyr, like a martyr. martyr. So instead of a mother, we become a martyr, right? Mm. So I I sense there's a collective energy that I'm speaking to here that I speak to a lot of my mothers with where it's becoming conscious about our own inner dialogue with what it means to be a mother and what we're giving up to be a mother when actually starting to really connect to this idea that we can be nourished by this role, we can be changed by this role, we can be it can be our advantage and not our disadvantage. So how do we do that? This is a really good question because I think what is required is I know it's similar with, um, you know, parenting with play and aware parenting is having someone to listen to you in times where you're feeling struggle. Um, And I think this is key, Mm -hmm. is finding another mother um, or a therapist or someone who has a similar viewpoint with you about um, encouraging you to find yourself in motherhood rather than needing to be exit from motherhood. That is when I am myself and then I come back and I give, 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 give as a mother. Actually allowing yourself to receive and that to shift and that comes through being able to have someone to just talk to and say, oh, this is really hard and I'm finding this really hard so that we're not carrying all of this inside of us and then saying I need to be resourced now to actually listen to my child and show up and have another night. You know, I spoke to my twin sister this morning. She's got a a two-and-a-half-year-old and a a five-week-old. And I just rang her and I said, how are you? And I just hear, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And my whole energy was just with her. I was like, I get that. And I was like, is everything okay? And she goes, yeah, look, everything's fine. I'm just with a a five-week-old and a -a two-and-a-half-old baby. It feels like Groundhog Day. Every night I wake up and my conversation with my husband is, how was your night? Yeah, well, she slept at 10 and then she woke and had another feed at 3. And then at 3 she took a bit more while to get down, so it probably wasn't 4.30 until we got to sleep, right? And it's the same in that, in and out, in and out. And so staying connected to your feelings around that and not just... um, kind of going through the motions and thinking that that you just have to survive, go into survival mode. It's actually really staying connected to your big feelings around this shift so that you can start to articulate yourself and through doing so and express yourself with someone by doing so you're getting to know yourself. Does that make sense? Totally. And what you're saying is, you know, when, what I'm taking from what you're saying is, you know, that big shift and we do often think, well, I need to get back to how I was before. We need to just sort of get this sorted and then I'll go back and I might go back to work full-time, part-time, or I'll just get my body back. I mean, when I first became a mum, I was convinced that it wasn't going to change me and we were still going to go and do camping and do all this stuff. And we just sort of pushed on. And then I just fell into a heap of exhaustion. And then, you know, getting to that point of, and I really love how you're saying how much we need to celebrate that we are now mothers and we have got this change and that's actually a really good thing. It's not something to run away from and hide from and deny a part of ourselves. We can embrace becoming this new mother that we are. And then how do we best support ourselves? And you're right, listening. I mean, I, I'm a huge fan of, of talking because the more that we can talk and have that space, the more we can offload our feelings and then get the realization of going, actually, this this is quite special what we're going through, yes. even though it's blooming relentless and <laughs> exhausting. Oh, but. Absolutely. But how many of us are actually seeing the foundation of it being this, um, this gift? And actually society doesn't see it like that. There is no place for the mother, um, for matrescence. Mm. Um, 
for that transition. There is no place for that. We are, um, especially in Australia, I don't know what it's like around the rest of the world, but in Australia, what do we have for maternity leave? A couple of weeks for some people. <laughs> and then yeah. it's, it doesn't make sense to me that there isn't this... Um, collective celebration for the woman to then there's a beautiful ceremony that you can do I think it's can't remember where it's from Mexico I think called closing of the bones which you can do at the end of um, for the 30-day period of um, the fourth trimester really of having your child and what it does is it actually honors that the woman has gone to the stars to collect her child And then she has brought her child back down and the child then takes a journey through her from the stars, earth side. And what closing of the bones does is to ensure that none of you has been left open up in the stars, which you know how we lose our mind really when we're we're (laughs) breastfeeding. Frequently, yes. yes. Trying to remember things and saying that, having that really grounded um, almost... um, intellectual conversation is quite difficult in that fourth trimester and what this closing of the bones is honoring as a ritual is that you have taken this journey to bring this child earthside and now it's an opportunity for you to come back into your own body and to actually appreciate your body for the journey it's just taken over the last nine months and then birthing this being and then having that being survive for its first 40 days. And so this is a really beautiful ritual within Mexico, which is honoured for this moment for mother to actually lie down. She has women around her. There's rebosos, there's the tying, there's water. There's all these elements that come into it, the fire with candles, and just honouring her coming back into her body. And I feel like this is a piece that is really missed because, like you said, we have to get back into our old lives, back into our own bodies and almost like push aside that we've gone through this incredible journey and a lot of us continue to with breastfeeding um, of, of bringing another being earthside. So let's just kind of eradicate that. Here's the baby. You're healthy. The baby's healthy. Now back to life. And this is also the maternity system. You know, you have your baby, right? Everybody's survived. You're both alive. Now off you go. And there's no... Honouring that you've now, I mean, I know we've got to go through the system and, and there's only a certain amount of time, but there's something that has got missed, I think, in the system with birth. It's honouring the mother. It's all been focused on, right, let's get this baby out. How's the baby doing? Blah, 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 blah. But, you know, postnatal depression is is huge. And yes. how women are treated during pregnancy and birth is plays such a role in that. And so, you know, if, even if we've had good at birth experiences, we can still feel at lost and at sea. But for women who've had, you know, traumatic birth experiences, it, this makes it even harder to navigate these early days because it is just about the baby. And I see women who, you know, perhaps have had a difficult birth and then they're so panicked about their baby that they've sort of lost, they do lose themselves in it because there's nobody really looking after them. And we need... We need to be cared for because, and, and somebody explained this really beautifully for me, which I hadn't really got until then was our role as birth, you know, I'm a doula as well. And, and birth professionals within that pro- process is to look after the mother so that the mother can look after the baby. Whereas what often happens, I'm going off on my topic of birth now, but what often <laughs> happens is professionals bypass the mother to look for the baby, look after the baby. And then, but the mother needs to feel empowered to then She's the best person. Parents are the best people to care for their babies. And mothers are, you know, we need to look after our mothers so that they can look after their babies. That's right. And you get me emotional because 
mothers are the best people to take care of their babies. What gets me emotional is I didn't receive that message with my first child. I thought I was doing everything wrong and I was absolutely scarring this child from the birth, from the moment it was born onwards, and that there was something defective about me as a mother. When if someone had simply said to me, you have birthed this child, you have grown this child, and you are the best person to care for this child, just those simple words Mm. could have lifted so much anxiety and so much disconnection that I was experiencing from the shock of my own birth and all of that kind of thing. Just that simple attendance to and attention and awareness to the mother to simply say you've got this you know and you are the best person to care for this child and there's a few other things that came up for me when I heard you speak then and it's great that we're here at birth actually when we're talking about connecting to ourselves while caring for young children because the way we birth is the way we live yeah it's that simple it's actually that simple so everything comes back to the seed of birth And I really sense the two pieces that are missing in this journey of connecting to ourselves while caring for young children is time, allowing ourselves the time to transition into motherhood, allowing ourselves the time to heal physically, spiritually, mentally, and the presence And I know that you talk a lot about presence when it comes to present time and play and that sort of thing with children, but present to ourselves, present as mothers, what is it that you love? Is it the ocean? Is it music? Is it knitting? Is it walking with your feet on the soil with freshly brewed coffee? Those simple things that you can do, right, those simple things that are you, right? No one's ever taken that away from you. And now that you've stepped into mother, those pieces are not gone. It's starting to actually honour those foundational pieces of you that can then nourish you as you step into this transition. And a lot of us aren't even aware. I remember when I went through my um, nervous breakthrough when I was 24 years old, someone said to me, what brings you joy? It's a really simple question. And that was a pinnacle turnaround moment for me because I realised I had no joy. I was Mm. absolutely in lack of joy. So I speak to a lot of mothers out there that are listening right now, what brings you joy? It's really simple. So amongst these trenches that we find ourselves in, especially due to the culture of caring for the mother that does not exist in our Western culture, care for your joy, the small sparks of joy. For me, it was walking to the coffee shop with one child strapped on and the other one on his um, balance bike. And it would be, even if it was pouring with rain in Melbourne and freezing, we would get out there. It was a 20 minute walk. I'd get myself a golden latte and then we would walk home. And they were the moments that I looked forward to. It brought me joy. Um, and so it's it can fine. Be really simple. I think that's the beauty of what you're saying. It's just super simple and we overcomplicate things so much sometimes but like you said going for a walk with your lovelies and getting a cup of coffee that you just adore or yes you know just really simple things and bringing it back to basics yeah or listen to that podcast that you know the pieces of you are not lost if there's pieces of you that you once were defined by say you've come from a really high pressured ceo job and that was all you knew about yourself was that energy and then motherhood is asking for something completely different of you 
But this doesn't mean that you then need to kind of at three weeks start to work out how you can get the baby cared for so that you can go for one day a week to actually be yourself. What it simply can mean is what are some women that you look up to that are in a different phase of their lives right now that are running an incredibly inspiring podcast that you can actually sit while you're breastfeeding once a day and have that be your moment where you connect and honour that piece of yourself that still yearns that creativity or um, that masculine energy of being in charge of a group of people or just talking to another adult, um, you know, any of those pieces, there are, there are things we can do when we accept that we're in a new phase and that this doesn't mean it's um, ripping out our heart and putting it on the shelf until we can get it back again in a few years once I've stopped, you know, once Charlie's not in nappies or whatever it is. It's actually being in present. This is what I mean about presence, being present to the phase you are in, finding the joy and, as you said, the simple joys and then connecting to those pieces of yourself, not denying them that perhaps aren't conducive right now to motherhood and the phase you're in, but you can still titillate them and bring that energy in and not deny them or um, be bitter about them. Does that make sense? Yes, and not putting off exactly like you said, you know, Charlie, when Charlie gets into nappies, then I can do that. Seeing how you can incorporate it, those elements of it into your life now. Because often we do go, well, when they're out of nappies, when they're sleeping through, when they go to daycare, when they go to school. And so we still, we sometimes need to put our life on hold until those things happen. But how can you weave that into your life right now? In magically and beautifully. And then it's also an opportunity for you to be open to possibility. Because this is the piece about motherhood that I think is not um, talked about a great deal is it's, my gosh, it is an express laneway to self-development if you choose it to be. (laughs) Yes, it is. (laughs) These little beings are our gurus and they've come through us to teach us. And so when you are open to the possibility of actually being nourished and taught and gifted something from your children, rather than seeing them as depletion, exhaustion, a pain in the ass, um, you know, not taking some, taking all of you and not returning anything, really starting to kind of reframe in your mind, what am I being gifted here? When I'm present, when I'm not focused on the time um, and I'm in my simple joy, what has this child gifted me? Oh, I love that. Because we do view it like, oh, God, they're, they're triggering me. They're being really annoying. I can't handle, you know, this is like, ah. But actually your invitation to then go, well, what are they gifting me in this moment? And I, I really do think being a parent is one of the biggest personal development journeys you can go on if you want to, because it does bring up all your stuff. And instead of viewing it as something negative, it's going, well, what can I learn from this and how can I grow from this? Absolutely. And rather than repeating, rinse and repeat, which a lot of us do because it's confronting to be a parent, it is confronting. So rather than rinse and repeat, using the opportunity to say, this is the connection piece that we're talking about on this whole episode, using it as a connection piece of what does that feel like for me and how do I want to do that differently? And I heard somewhere, I think it was maybe Dr. Shafali, who said 95% of parenting is repair. I'll say it again, 95% of repair of parenting is repair and that's your own repair. So an opportunity to heal if you choose to, but then to also model 
repair, that you're willing to come and be with your children and say there was a moment back there where I, I, I didn't show up the way I was hoping to. I was angry and I was in my full intense emotion and I'm going to try and do better next time. Yeah. And I think there's nothing more powerful than that, than having a parent apologize. Because I often have people saying, well, should I apologize to my children? I'm going, of course, (laughs) you know, when we do things that are not great and we all do things that are not great. Yes. Those are those moments. And that the, um, the disconnection and then the repair actually strengthens relationships and we can strengthen the connection with our children. But sometimes when we're in those moments where we are really uncomfortable, sometimes we can feel too uncomfortable in our feelings and that's where you know when you were saying earlier on about having somebody that you can talk to about it that just helps oh just takes that edge off helps deal with those uncomfortable feelings it's so important you're absolutely right and and I think that that is the piece that when we can look at that what have they gifted me question with um our full attention when we have been heard through the it's almost like the um the the murkiness on top of the depth of your ocean, yes. right? You need to get rid of the murkiness oh, first yes. before you can start to really look at the clear part of the ocean. And so that's the important piece. We're not saying, you know, that you can now that you're all about connection and you can just waltz into motherhood. <laughs> oh, my time and my presence and I'm at You know, it is a really day in, day out, moment by moment challenging experience to show up and um, care for another human being. And I'm not undermining that, but I am saying that I do believe as a collective we can approach it in a much more expansive and um, aware way and celebrate this this transition and this shift with these small tools in place. And having a listening partner is just absolutely crucial. And I actually, from modelling that repair that I talked about just before, I've seen my kids do it with each other. Mm. Um, which just that's when you go, oh, oh my god, that's amazing. That because you realise that they really are little sponges, and we are only human. All of us, all of us are human, having a human experience. And so, to ask of ourselves to be anything other than human, I remember the moment I realised my parents were not gods. You know, when I when I actually kind of took them off this pedestal I'd had them on for so many years, and realised that they're just like me, um, yeah. and they're. Just their best um and I want my children to feel that and know that from day dot yes and that's that's the joy and the pain of really connecting you're not hiding behind well I'm mother and this is you know what I'm saying blah 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 it's like I I'm connecting I'm real and I stuff up and but then we're more open as well and there's that deeper sense of connection but we can but in order to have that we need to be more connected with ourselves which requires us to feel connected with other people I've you know we can't do this on our own we need other people and also I just always want to say the the, another advantage of having a listening partner is that you get an insight into somebody else's world which always makes me feel 10 times better because then I go oh she's awesome and she's really (laughs) struggling in similar areas as well it's so true and it puts it puts an end to that four walls, you know, like I have to be everything here. I have to be the sage. I have to be the cook, 
the cleaner, the, you know, the sexy one for my husband and show up for my kids, you know, it actually puts an end to that four walls and it opens a giant window out into someone else's soul and you get this great sense of connection and belonging um, and it makes, you're right, you kind of like, oh, relief, oh, gosh. Um, And the one thing about connection I will say, though, is it's not convenient. No. (laughs) (laughs) And society a lot of the time is not set up for moments of connection throughout the day. And we are expected to be somewhere, to do something, to show up in one way. And when there is a requirement from a child for connection in those moments where you're like, oh, not now, we can do it later, Um, you know, there's... There, there can be this whole uh, flurry of feelings and emotions that come up for yourself around embarrassment and all that kind of thing. But I just really wanted to kind of pluck that in here too to say um, connection isn't always convenient, but it becomes a conscious choice to say this is a way of life and a relationship builder that I'm going to commit to. And it takes conscious commitment every day to choose connection, um, connect before you redirect, connect before you redirect. And that becomes my mantra for myself, to myself, um, with my partner, with my kids. Yes, because, of course, partners, I mean, sometimes because we're giving, giving, giving to our children and being all calm, and they're the ones who bear the brunt of our, like, rage. <laughs> so I love how you <laughs> incorporate that with, with your partner as well. Um, it's true. I mean, and that's the other piece, isn't it? When we talk about connection to ourselves while caring for our young children, it's also caring for our union as well. If you have a partner, that's a whole new dynamic that happens when you have a child mm. as well. So there is so much going on. And whoever is deeply in those trenches listening right now, there is deep compassion and love for your courage and for your commitment to even listening to this, like high five to you because you're stepping outside of the societal norm to actually reach out for tools that you know align with your values, align with what you believe is possible in the family unit and in parenting. Yes. Yes. And and with debunking the myth that you have to do it all on your own, that it's going to look perfect all the time. And also that it's motherhood's an inconvenience. We can weave motherhood to be within our core. And that's a really, we don't have to, I think we often feel we need to compartmentalize ourselves. Like this is Helena at work and this is Helena with her kids and this is Helena with her husband. Whereas actually, we, we, you know, we, everything, like I now take my mothering clearly into my work because I've changed my work since I've become a mum. But, you know, even if I was going back into the workforce, I would have been changed and bring so much more richness, I feel, by having had this experience of birthing and caring keeping a small child alive for, uh, <laughs> for a long period of time. Oh, so no, rather than viewing it as, a, as an income, I mean, of course we all adore our children, but sometimes we can just go, oh, or our society views motherhood as an inconvenience. Come on, we need to get back in and be productive and all this sort of stuff, whereas it's such a that's gift. Right. And, and that's the thing with childhood and also being elderly as well is that because they can't be, they don't, they're not considered in society as huge contributors when it comes mm-hmm. to the industrial wheel. And so we have to take a conscious um, look at our own values and our own intentional way of life to say, no, no, I'm going to value this child. It's not going to be seen and not heard there is going to be an opportunity for them to feel that they are contributors from the moment they come earthside to the moment they leave. 
um, the wisdom of elderly, uh, the, the people before us, you know, what they have to gift us is completely undermined because they're not, uh, you know, contributors financially uh, as we are in our teens to our whatever it is, mid-40s, 50s. Oh, God, don't say that. I'm in my mid-40s. Not over yet. <laughs> it's never over is what I mean. It's, it's, every day has its, has its juice um, yes. and its richness. But I feel that we so easily just fall into that narrative of, you know, children are just pain in the ass and the elder, elderly are pain in the ass, you know, <laughs> everything in between when actually they're the sandwich, you know, they're the sandwich that holds it all together. Yeah. Um, that experience the salad in between. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, now I'm just conscious of t- time now, but I'm just thinking. Obviously, you've talked about um, you know getting listening partnership and and trying to connect with yourselves. Do you have any other sort of tips that you know you you've got uh, your children two two years apart? Two years yeah, apart. They so are you've two been years apart. so you've been in the thick of it with you know several yes. young children, to, at least two young children. Do you have anything else sort of practical day to day? Hmm. strategies that you go tips that you can give parents yeah we've been talking a lot about society and and society's um it's not aware it's hmm, it's lacking in the support and the um, celebration of motherhood and I really feel that I I live on two and a half acres in Byron Bay and we made a change and a, a really intentional change to move somewhere that is part of nature. You know, the kids have been uh, growing their own vegetables from one years old with Mika and it's been a very conscious way of life because I found that my vibration, my anxiety, my natural nature was um, heightened and inflamed in city living. So I think what's really important for mothers out there is to be really real with what works for you? <laughs> if it's not for play groups a week and meeting up with mothers for tea every day and feeling like your child needs to go to bumpy, jumpy Jimbo for four days or whatever it is, like really honouring what it is that feels right for you. I didn't, today actually was the first time I've taken Mika to a class of something. It was a yoga and craft class and she's four years old. And I don't say that with any um, embarrassment or feel like she's missed out in any way. We've had an incredible lifestyle, learning many different things outside of what is kind of mainstream learning. Um, And that works for us and as a family. And to be honest, it works for me as a mother. (laughs) I, I really needed to know that I had, I'm a Gemini. I love spontaneity. I love to be able to, oh, today's raining. What will we do? Let's get our gumboots. We don't have to be somewhere at a certain time. All of that was just heightening my personal anxiety. So my kids have worked with my rhythm in that way. <laughs> and um, I think that's really important for mothers as a tool to really be honest with yourself, deeply honest with what your rhythm is. And that rhythm is always changing. So you may find that when you allow yourself and accept yourself for who you are and your needs on a day-to-day basis, that that, that might then change. Um or you may be someone who does, like, can't stay at home with their kids day in, day out. And so you like to have those points where it's like we're going to see Margaret and her two kids at the same age as my kids every Wednesday. Know those things that work for you so that the week doesn't feel like 
here we go again, um, yeah. that you have these these points in time that allow you to be um, yourself and, and work with a rhythm that works for you, not what you think it should be. Does that make sense? I was going to say, absolutely, because we often play so many shoulds and we should be stimulating our children and babies and going to all these classes, but actually it's blooming exhausting sometimes <laughs> to do all that and overwhelming. So it's dropping the shoulds, isn't it? And exactly that, sort of honouring what's right for you because your kids will then flow much easier when you're comfortable doing what you want to do in, and incorporate them into it rather than feeling we should, we should, we should. Absolutely. So, and don't lose what it is that you want to do. Like now mm. get to know yourself as a mother and know the things that you want to do, the things you enjoy to do. Are you the person that loves to get on the bike and, you know, with the kids on, on the end of the bike and one on the little bike? And is that what you love to do? Like allow yourself to still connect to those pieces of yourself that really um, bring you simple joy. So that is it really that I that we keep bringing home through this whole thing is really just know your values, know what works for you, know what brings you joy. Um, if you're struggling with that, then find someone you can work through that with. And it's guilt. I really want to offer the mama guilt thing, just kind of bring that in here with the shoulds. Guilt is only ever created in you when you are considering what others think more than you are considering what you want and desire most. Mm. So guilt only exists in you when you're actually considering others and what they may think. You're making up in your mind, my mother's going to think this, my, you know, if I don't show up, the maternal health nurse is going to think this. And then there's this guilt train that you go on because you're imagining what others are thinking of you. When actually, you know, halt the train, go inside, connect to what actually feels good in this moment for you, moment by moment, and move with that. And you'll notice that that really is the antidote for guilt. Yes. Yes. I love that. Yes. <laughs> yes. I think that's brilliant. I love that how you've described that. <laughs> oh, thank you. You got anything that's... else before? No, I feel I think like that sums I... it up beautifully. Yeah. Cre- create your own motherhood, create it for mm. yourself. Know what feels good for you. And you, this is a time you will never get back. And so be present. You know, they say what the days are long, the years are short. It's actually true. So yeah. be present to what feels good for you now as you move through a new phase of your life. Allow the transition. Allow yourself the difficulties. Have that listening partner to vent that out to and then be truly present to the joy. Oh, I love that. Especially because my little boy's just started school and I'm, that's, the end, that's the end of my little people at home with me time. I oh, feel wow. emotional about that now. I know. So, yeah. So, I mean, it's different to the savor every day. We're not saying that. It's just like appreciate, you know, or, or just take ownership about what you want. What My yes. dog's trying to get in the house. What do you want? And then create that and, yes. and dropping those shoulds and, and, finding out what it is that you want because you know if you've been working full time and now you're at home with a small child the days can feel very long but if yes you what you want to do and the things that spark you you know bring you joy then oh it's beautiful and, and it's not it's not denying that it's hard no that's the too, but it's not allowing yourself to play victim to that either. And I remember um, going to Embrace the Intensity workshop with Rhea Dempsey, who's amazing. She's written a beautiful book. And um, Rhea said to me, as I was having a chat with her over a cup of tea, she said, who said you have to like being a mother? And I was like, what mm. does she mean? 
And then I thought about it and I was like, yeah, allow myself the opportunity to have moments where I'm really not liking this. It's the same with anything. If you've got a salsa dance class you go to every week and then one week you go and you're doing the same moves and it's the same environment, be like, I don't actually want to be here tonight. It's allowing yourself those moments where it's okay not to like it all the time and it's okay to admit that it's hard, but it's this undertone of losing yourself in it and it being a a time where you have to sacrifice yourself, all of that kind of, this is what we're talking about. This denies you the opportunity to be truly connected to yourself, connected to being a mother and connected to the gift that is your children. Oh, Kelly, beautiful. Thank you so much. Thank you for coming. Thank you for having me. Oh, my pleasure. Now, I did mention that you do these beautiful daily dives. Can you tell people where they can find out more about you? Yes, for sure. So kellybrowncoach.com.au is my website. I do work with women one-on-one and I also run some delicious listening circles and women's circles online. So um, you can find all that information on my website or you can go to Kelly Coach. That's my Instagram account where I do my daily dives, which is just a moment for you to kind of dip into a thought-provoking concept um, where I just sort of titillate, titillate your soul. (laughs) <laughs> and on Facebook, were you on Facebook? Are you just Kelly yes, Brown I'm Coach? Kelly Brown Coach. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank, thank you. Thank you so much for having me, Helena. And thank you for all the work that you're doing to support families through this phase of parenting and through the many different colors and shades that it brings for ourselves and for our families. It's such a gift. Thank oh, you. Well, thank you. I've thoroughly enjoyed our conversation and I love seeing you on Facebook and online as well. So thank you. All right, everybody have a lovely week. Take those moments where you can enjoy or choose what you want to enjoy doing this week with your children and with yourself and connecting. And we will, I will catch you again next week. Bye for now. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode and you can see how you can implement what we talked about today with your children and family. Be sure to hit subscribe in your podcast app to know when each episode is released and I would love it if you could leave a review and share with your friends. And if you want to shout less and connect more, head over to parentingwithplay.com.au to download my quick guide of five simple games which you can start playing straight away. You really can transform your everyday parenting challenges with connection and fun. So have a great week and enjoy playing.